Hi, it's Matt Eads with a quick note here recording after the, the podcast is recorded, which is why you won't hear any of this in the show. But over at the Patreon at weebs.ca at patreon.com slash talking reckless podcast, everything, all the content, all the podcasts, the anime podcasts, the Tron, the longer versions, the videos, every piece of content is now available to all the patrons, anybody who... Uh, subs at $5 or higher will get all the content. The Patreon tiers are going to stay, and if you are at the $20 and $50 tiers, you will still get the votes for the Will of the Weebs podcast and get to uh, help decide what we watch there, as well as maybe some other kind of polls and things to to decide direction of, of content going forward. The reason I'm making this change as well is uh, I want more people to listen to those shows, mainly. Secondarily, you know, I don't think having content locked behind these higher tiers is is really serving anyone other than uh, myself and, and the few uh, very generous folks who are able to support at that level. So more people can listen to all this stuff. I hope that if you are at the higher tiers, you will uh, consider staying up there. I really do need the support. We're, uh, we're, we're riding pretty tight in the margins here and can't really afford to lose too many patrons or, or to lose too many uh, tiers. But I hope that this will kind of bring more people in, give people a, a bit of a better taste of the content offering, and hopefully people like what they hear and want to keep us around so they will uh, feel like they should support at those higher tiers. So thank you very much. If you have been supporting at the higher tiers, and I owe you a shirt, they're coming. They're still on the way. And uh, for everybody who supported us over the years now that we've been doing this, absolutely crazy. Uh, thank you so much. Hopefully we can keep doing it for more and more years. Go check out the Patreon if you haven't already, especially if uh, maybe you subbed earlier and it's lapsed. There are hundreds of hours of Patreon-exclusive content at this point up there for you. So go and check all of that out at patreon.com slash talkingrecklesspodcast or weebs.ca. And thank you very much for your support. Enjoy the show. Fires of Fate, Flames of Fate, or whatever. The Fast and the Flaming. The new, the, the new one, Dragon Warrior Tokyo 12. Warrior. Yeah, Drag Tokyo Warrior 12, that's right. That's right. A, a Dragon Warrior for adults, they described it as, Kevin Byer. Oh, shit. What does Dragon Warrior for adults mean to you? Uh, nudity. Yes. <laughs> Tell me all about it, Brandon Lynch. Uh, naked dragons uh, have been something that I've been waiting for for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know if you see my bedroom walls, uh, this is a big day for me. Huge day! Can't wait to see what they do with the slimes, Kyle. B. Be sure. I've seen a lot of movies. I've seen a lot of movies like this. Hashtag free the slimes. That's. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is Matt Eads. Hashtag free the slimes. <laughs> Welcome to Talking Reckless Video Game Podcast. Uh, pull up my notes here. I'm pretty sure there's an announcement. E3 is on Saturday, I think. Or uh, as as of right now, anyways, the earliest conference is scheduled. Uh, Saturday, June the 12th at 1 p.m. EDT. It's 11 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. We'll be streaming uh, everything this year. Every every conference is the plan. Every, well, maybe not everything, because, like, we probably won't stream over the Ubisoft, like, here's our look at the new division thing. 
but uh, pretty much everything starting Saturday, 1 p.m. EDT. Come and join us on the stream. All right, show's over. Thanks very much, everybody. Uh, Let's yeah. get out of here. There we go. We're really Gotta save something for E3. Another, another great show. <laughs> Welcome back. We missed last week. I was moving. Welcome back, Where listeners. Are you? Welcome back. Uh, I don't recognize this room you're in. Yeah, I'm in the uh, the new office where pictures sit on the ground. It's crazy. We don't actually have walls here. Uh, we, well, need... we got we got a grunt back yeah, there. Yeah, we appreciate that sweet dragon age. Here, I'll, I'll move. I'll move the mic. You see There's what, Grunt. You see He's what, one of my favorites. See what that is? Grunt, solid. That one there. Uh, That's a little too little there. Is that too little? Is that too yeah, little? It's pretty small, yeah. Yeah, it looks like some sort of. I'm not gonna. Like a like a Rorkshire. <laughs> South Rash. Rock Rorsch. I was gonna say thing. Metal Gear. Metal Gear. Rorschach. Yeah, that's Metal Gear. Ray. It's the one from Acid. I don't remember the name of it. <gasps> that's either. Whatever Guilty Spark or a Rocket League ball over the other shoulder. Uh, that's Wheatley oh. or one of the Adventure Spheres, possibly. All right. Yeah, I got the AI, I got the machines together. Right, the AIs are hanging out. Uh-huh. You see yeah, Legion back nice. there, and yeah, I got uh, man, I got a lot of lithos and stuff I got to put up. But for the for the time being, they're just kind of you know serving as background in the uh, new apartment. Sorry, I, I heard that your new apartment people don't actually let you put holes in the walls, so you can't actually hang any of that. Well. I got some bad news for them. Put my fucking head through the wall when we were moving in. What a, uh, man, what a week. We missed last week. I was, what was the actual move-in day? It was Friday. Saturday. Saturday? Yeah, Saturday. Yeah, okay. So instead of, because sometimes we do podcasts on Saturdays. Instead of podcasting on Saturday night, I was vomiting uncontrollably all over everything because it was 50 fucking degrees and got super heat stroke yeah that was rough it was a nightmare absolute nightmare moving sucks ass uh kyle and and kevin helped me thank you very much it would not have got done it would literally not have got done without your guys help i was getting to the point where i'm like i'm just gonna leave it i'm just gonna give up on my 900 hundred dollar damage deposit and say fuck this because whatever but got it done we gave up on ours got it done yeah but i mean you guys have like damage that Yes. It'll probably <laughs> that is yes. not able to be buffed out. Yeah. yeah. You are you are not wrong. <laughs> I, I think I should get most of mine back. Good but it stuff. was like yeah, it, it was hottest weekend of the year here and just like so muggy and and we're in a fourth story walk up, so we have to do four flights of stairs with every fucking trip. So hot. It was terrible. Moving sucks, this move like extra fucking this is the worst move of my life. Yeah, it was rough. We're Never again. And, and and so the whole we have like this whole plan to we're gonna move and then uh, we gotta rip over to Shore Park grab a mattress for Warren like we have this whole thing it's gonna it's gonna time us so beautifully oh we plan we're geniuses get to like I think literally the last trip I think we were on our way to go get the mattress yeah and I'm yeah, coming you on your way down yeah, yeah coming down the elevator and just like oh I gotta run outside just throwing up all over the sidewalk like all over myself just. My my new neighbors just watching this degenerate like sit there to, <laughs> and like welcome to the neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! So fucked. And then so that night, just to really put the icing on the cake, that night because uh, we weren't getting Warren's mattress, so I'm like, you can sleep on my mattress. I'll take the futon, whatever. Uh, we didn't have any like food or groceries in the house. Ordered DoorDash. My fucking DoorDash didn't even show up. So like, went to bed hungry at like 2 a.m. after being so. I was in such a bad mood. I was just like. 
Ugh. Oh, it was terrible. It was so it's like bad. Camping at that point, you're like, "Why did I do any of this? Yeah, this yeah. is awful." Next, my life wasn't that bad where I was before. Before I put all this effort in, paid for the goddamn move. Just physically destroyed yourself. Yeah, it was brutal. Uh, but we did get it done finally. Hell yeah! Some real fuckers apparently managed this building though. Where emailing them, I'm not exaggerating. Uh, I guess start the story at the beginning. So we got the keys on Sunday, last week of May. Got the keys on Sunday, which was the, like, 20-something. Uh, that would have been 23rd. Oh, yeah, my birthday. Got the keys on 23rd. Uh, 24th is a holiday here in Canada, but I phoned regardless, because as soon as we got the keys, they're like, phone the management company, let them know we'll be moving in, get your buzzer set up, all that, whatever. Phone them Monday, left a message, didn't hear back. Phone them Tuesday. Left a message. Didn't hear back. Emailed them Tuesday afternoon. Didn't hear back. Phone them Thursday. Didn't hear back. Phone them Friday. Spoke with the secretary, who I explained that this dude was dodging my calls, and she said, "Oh, he's right here. Like, I'll get him to. I'll get him to call you back. Trust me. He's I, he's in his office. I'll go tell him to call you back." Didn't hear back from him. <laughs> phone Saturday morning, day of the move. Uh, phone the the management company who like handles the elevators and stuff, and told them we're going to block off the elevators because I, if you block them off, alarms go off and usually they stop working, uh, which I fully know. Uh, I told them we're going to block off these elevators. We got to move. And if alarms go off, they go off, you know, I have the, have the elevator company on standby, I guess, because no one will return my calls within two hours. Somebody gets back to me. It's like fucking fuck. This guy calls me. He's like, Hey, yeah, I'm here. I'll uh, have the elevator open up for you. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, great. Seems like we have it figured out. Warren shows up first. He's got the moving company, and, and they're all ready to move in. This fucking guy, I talked to him literally five minutes before Warren shows up. I'm like, yeah, Warren is going to be there in five minutes. Wait for him by the front door. Guy's not there. Does not unlock the elevator for us, which turned out not to be a problem. But when you're paying a moving company by the hour, you want that fucking elevator booked for yeah. you. Uh, I, he phones me as I'm on my way. I'm about 10 minutes out at this point in the afternoon. I'm like, yeah, be there in uh, 10 minutes. He says, okay, great. I'll uh, see you at the front door here. We'll have the door open for you. Show up. He's not fucking there. We move all my stuff in through one door. Also, he told me the front door doesn't open. The front door does open. Warren had it open for his move. The building manager's like, that door doesn't open. That one is, is stuck <laughs> shut. And, like, just all this shit. What the fuck is happening? You're telling me. Uh, Circus. And so this this clown sends an You're email. You're being punked. I, kn- I legit Ashton thought I was. Ashton Kutcher this is, is going to come bursting out of your laundry room. This is why, we, this is why I ended up going to the BBB. Uh... Called me. I'm like, yeah, I'll be there in 10 minutes. Did all that stuff. He has the elevator locked for someone else to move. It turns out when I show up. The elevator, I cannot use the elevator because it's locked for someone else is apparently moving in. And just what a fucking hassle. Get all my stuff in. And then this guy has the gall to send an email of like, well, we needed the forums a week ahead of time. So that that's why. <laughs> uh, and 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 also comes up to Warren word. after and is like, "Yep, that's uh, fifty bucks moving." And we're like, "What? Excuse me? Like, the management company charges a move-in fee for what? They're like blocking the elevator?" He's like, "Oh no, no. If they, if they move in the first floor, we still charge them fifty bucks." And you know, there's a there's a two hundred fifty dollar damage deposit, but don't worry about that. Like he's doing me a big fucking favor or something. <laughs> I'm I'm like ninety nine percent sure this is just a like scam this dude is pocketing 50 i think it is because i I mean if it's not in the lease there's no way they can charge it to you there it's not in the lease there is a bunch of documents that he sent of like you gotta sign the moving papers yada 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 like bitch we're moved in if you think i'm signing that little box that says i'm gonna pay you 50 dollars go fuck yourself and i basically told him that he's like that'll be 50 bucks the first time he told me he's like that'll be 50 bucks and i just was like okay 
And then he's like, I'll be back for it later. <laughs> Whatever. Came back for it later. He's like, so that 50 bucks? I'm like, I'm not. I told him to have the owner of the company call me, and he could try to get the 50 out of me. But otherwise, fuck off. <laughs> and so to date, Warren and I have not paid that and will not be paying that. Uh, and then also overheard, like moving just odds and ends and come up the elevator, overheard this fucking guy doing the exact same shit to other people on this floor who are like, they said something regarding an email, and he said, I have no record of that email. And they said, you replied to it, and there was a big pause, and so I said, twice. And as I'm walking around the corner, I'm like, fuck's sakes, man. And it's wild. I've talked to, like, a bunch of people on this floor, too, and they're like, yeah, this guy is just like that. To, to, to give you one final example, he's managed this building for three years. We get, they change the garbage code every month, so that is theoretically 36 garbage code changes, at least, he's had to do. We get the code, uh, yada, yada, it's going to be 1034. Get down there. The numbers on the door are 12345. There is no fucking zero on this goddamn door to let, to put my garbage. <laughs> like, oh, are you serious? Yeah. It was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. Like, <laughs> just nuts. And, and so we get in here also, and uh, our suite's not clean, which is... Great. Now that all the furniture is in, there was like, when, when we came for the inspection, bunch of garbage, bunch of shit in it, and like they very hurriedly cleaned it up. They're like, oh, don't, we'll, we'll have that fixed. Don't worry. Someone's going to come and steam clean these carpets. We're going to, don't worry about that. None of that stuff got done. We get in here, all our appliances are dirty. Our, our drawers are full of like plastic cutlery from some like fucking pizza party the tradespeople had or something. Toilets are dirty. Somebody's been shitting in our toilets. Like, brutal. Absolutely brutal. I would have fucking lost my goddamn mind. Oh, I did. Is it uh, is it a brand new building yep. or is it? it is, so oh, okay. it's a brand new suite. The building is being like finished. I guess they finished the top and are working their way down. So like the the lobby wasn't even done when we came for the uh, viewing the first time. But this oh, is a shit. this is a brand new suite. It was just finished. So like there were little you know deficiencies they have to or are supposed to fix before you get it. Uh, didn't do any of that stuff. Another call to the Better Business Bureau for a different company. And uh, sure yeah. enough, within within four hours of lodging the complaint with the Better Business Bureau, they get in touch and they're like, oh, we're here having trouble after leaving them messages and just uh, what a nightmare. So a cleaner's coming on Monday and like I, I told them to bring hell. It sounds like it's one dude. I'm like, you're gonna have to move beds and dressers and like I want every single thing out of this fucking apartment and I want every inch of this carpet steam cleaned like it fucking should have been. It is going to be a nightmare, and I'm I'm really going to... I mean, it's not the cleaning guy's fault. He's probably going to make bank on overtime, but yeah. we're really going to just... Uh, it's just so frustrating. So yeah. frustrating. Because moving's yeah. not stressful enough already, right? Just what like, if it sucks because you know you're like... You're entrusting a lot of, with this company for preferably a long time for you guys, uh, and it just sucks to so immediately recognize like oh this is going to be probably an issue yeah <laughs> for we, every moment we live in this place we were having problems with the management company before we moved in like it's been bonkers i, I will say since then uh i mean cleaners are gonna come on monday we'll see how it goes other than that new place has been great oh it's yeah. been great everybody here is super friendly met a bunch of people uh it's like a it's like a, a younger crowd too like right around my age and warren's age and it's uh, it's a real dope spot it looks really nice for sure. Got a wine and beyond near you. Yeah, hell yeah. Like a real nice commodities around you for sure. <laughs> My bedroom doesn't have a window. Here's the other thing also. <laughs> apparently the building codes changed where I think it's if you have sprinklers or something. There's something you used to have to have a, wi- uh, a window in a bedroom because if it was a fire you and had to get out. Not anymore, I, will say I guess. Right now, 
I will say right now, sprinkler or no sprinkler, that is fucked that they let you sleep in a room with no window. It's so fucked. As a man who does the job I do, I just hear horror stories about that shit. And it's like, don't don't sleep in places with no windows. Well, I it seems am. like the perfect place to sleep. You just go to sleep in there, perfectly dark. Yep. No I problem. Mean, you, you can get Wake dark. Up, nice and bright. Zero, zero airflow, so it's twelve hundred degrees here. I have to sleep with the door open, and uh, like oh, yeah, that's the that's the worst. We've part. been running ducts all over the apartment, <laughs> and we got ACs blown all over the place. And like, if there's a raging fire outside your bedroom door, just like the process of acceptance you would have to go through. Yeah, like I'd have to hope. I'm gonna get back into me. bed and wait to die. I mean, but you know, under the bed and blanket over the head and hope that that the firefighters get me before the the smoke does. Mm-hmm. You nope. should uh, you should keep an axe under your bed in case you have to go through the wall. I keep a hammer next to it in case anybody breaks in and I need something to defend myself. I mean, I, if you're dedicated enough, I think you can get through a wall with a hammer. It would depend what kind of construction these walls are, but probably. If it's life or death and they're steel... St- I bet I could. Yeah, I bet I totally could, actually. You could also get through it with an axe and defend yourself with an axe. It's true. Axe is big, though. Axe is like... Axe is way less explainable, too. Hammer's like, oh, it's just, I must have left it on my tool bag. You have, like, a full-size fucking four-foot-long fire axe under your bed. The thing also, though, pulling out an axe, sometimes the fight ends right there. It's true. You're like, this guy's yeah, got a fight. You don't even have to a swing hammer, it's true. A hammer, a guy might still be trying to take you down. I think... I don't know. Would I rather have a big two-handed axe or a hammer? Like, you're going to get one swing with the axe... And that it's better kind of the knife. That better knife first bat. You're yeah. thinking, argument. You got to think yeah. barbarian tactics. That better B2, be a good swing. Whirlwind barb. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> outstretch. <laughs> I think hammer is the way to go. Yeah, I think so too. You block you the axe a, way easier. You should get a have an axe and a hatchet maybe. Or a hammer and a hatchet. A hatchet would one be each good, hand. Yeah. Dual wield. <laughs> You know, for all those times people break in. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, no no stream Monday, I guess. That kind of goes without saying, but it's been a time. It's been a hell of a time. Thanks for the folks who uh, stuck with us on the Patreon. If maybe you've uh, let your subscription lapse, uh, hey, I don't blame you at all. Times are tough. Go check it out. We're starting new anime shows, new, uh, well, longer versions of this podcast going up. A lot of good stuff over on the Patreon. And Warren and I need furniture, so check out the Patreon, uh, weebs.ca or uh, patreon.com slash talkingrecklesspodcast. We got a big balcony. I always say patio, but I think that's... Is that technically... Are all balconies patio, but not all patios balconies? I totally forgot to check out your balcony. If you say either, I didn't check out the balcony either. I think a patio has to be... Like I think you can have a rooftop patio or like a like a ground floor patio. <laughs> so I don't think extreme. you can have a patio off the side of a building. I think I think the patio has to have something sure. below it. Like it can't just mm. be overhanging. That makes no, no sense, sense, but I like no that sense. logic actually. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's good balcony, headcanon. <laughs> balcony does sound like like it is suspended. Yeah, you can have a ground floor like, patio, you can't have a ground floor balcony. That's right. So but the people on the ground floor well, I guess they technically have patios. Yeah, they have patios. There we go. It's a big balcony. It's, uh, I wonder how big it actually, I haven't measured, but I'd say like, I don't know, maybe maybe nine feet by nine feet. I don't think it's ten by ten, but it's pretty big. Especially for two people. It's going to be sweet. We're going to get a fire table out there. We're going to get a barbecue out there. Maybe the fuck some... is a fire table? I was about to say the same thing. It's, uh, it's like a propane fire pit, kind of. It's like a little, like, 
table with a propane flame and then rocks in the middle. They're nice. Uh, yeah. yeah, you yeah. see, like it's like a heater basically. They sit around in the winter. No, you toast. About to have a real fire pit out there? Probably no. not. Eh? No, yeah, it seems no. like something that wouldn't be allowed in an apartment building. Sprinkler on the with an asshole management company. Yeah, and and there's a sprinkler on the balcony, so anything too hot will will set the sprinkler uh-huh. off, and that'd be a bad time. If you've never seen those sprinklers go off, like yeah. the it is not water that comes out of them. No, it is brown something it's not good really not good just imagine the most stagnant water in like cast iron pipes rushing out at like what a city pressure like 60 70 psi it stinks no thank you i've 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 not broken a sprinkler head myself but i've been in the room when someone has and it fucking stinks it's so gross Yeah, it's typically not fires that cause the most damage. It's always the sprinklers. Yeah, but <laughs> better than burning to death in my bedroom with no windows in my yeah. den that I sleep For in. Sure. <laughs> I saw, I noticed you guys were double fisting air conditioner units. Yeah, yeah, it's a big place it gets and it gets toasty. fucking hot. Yeah. yeah, so we, when it gets real bad, both Warren and my and myself aim ours into the living room and just try to cool it off a little bit in there. It's good, though. I really like... Uh, like I was a little anxious about living with somebody again, but it's uh, it's been good. I like kind of cohabiting. It has yeah. a tremendous amount of pros. Totally, there are obviously uh, cons all about the privacy and the lack of escape and everything. But I will tell you that living with Warren for those five years, there is something. Uh, I don't know if it'll be any different for you as someone who spend like works from home. Uh, all the time, but there was something very nice about getting off work and being like, "Oh, I'm just going to go by virtue of living in my house, hang out with my friend." Yeah, yeah, it's cool <laughs> to like just sitting there and uh, I don't know, he's he, he probably not playing it right now, but he's been playing through like Miles Morales on uh, my PlayStation and stuff, and it's nice just to, especially with the pandemic, like it's really nice to have a little bit of human contact again. For mm-hmm. sure, even talking with people, I was like, I feel like I'm back in the world in a way, you know. <laughs> <laughs> ready to ready to carpe the shit out of this diem. That's right. It was a good fresh start. Thirty's been good so far. Also, I turned thirty since last yeah. we spoke. Gross. Yeah, Old I know. <laughs> turned thirty and then couldn't move. Started to, you take the stairs and <laughs> yeah. now I throw yeah, up every time I go up the stairs. <laughs> now you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> You're just out in front of your building, puking on the steps, and your neighbor's like, <sighs> turned 30, eh? Yeah, I remember my 30th birthday. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's fine. It's fine. How's everybody else's life been? What'd you guys do in the two weeks we were off? Painted my bathroom. Other. Painted That's your bathroom. Yeah. That sounds fun. Yeah, it's a nice color, at least. When you get the Sorry, are you soap? saying that you had explosive diarrhea? Yeah, but when you say painting the bathroom, <laughs> I had to no, no. stucco the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, we just repainted the bathroom. We needed to get what a color? different color in there. We had a gray in there before. We painted it with like a nice uh, forest green. Oh, missed the sea foam. Pooping in the woods. Mm. Yeah, pooping in the woods, exactly. That's what we wanted to go for. Another good title for a memoir. <laughs> what about video games gentlemen y'all been been playing any of them i played some video games i played one video game that is three video games that is the only thing i've been doing in my life which is why i have no stories about what i've been doing in my mm. life um my <laughs> stories are shepherd stories it would turn out been doing garris yes would you like to hear a story of the shepherd yeah i f- i 
I fucked Garrus for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Ow! Is that a that is that a Lady yeah, Shepherd yeah. only uh, option? Yeah, I think all the options, uh, all the real, I say real romance options, mm. like the ones that like lead to the achievement at the end. I think they're all hetero, um, hetero, unless it's an Asari, which is whatever whatever interspecies relationship that yeah. is. Men yeah. and women, they sort of don't count. Asaris. Is that but right? Other than Asaris. Well, the uh, trainer, you can have, you can have a lesbian. It's, a, it's like a it's like a B not plot a romance thing. Yeah. That sort of sucks. Let me tell you something about Trainer. They're really all hetero relationships? Just, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Um, I just started three, so maybe I'm forgetting. Oh, Say yeah, because Thane has his Seahawks, so that has to be a lady. Yeah. Huh. It's, that is... I'm, I guess that it was, you know, early 2000s. That seems surprisingly narrow-minded of Bioware by today's well, I think, standards, I guess. I think they thought that the Liara thing was the, was the ticket. Being like everyone can have sex with Liara, but then they very much went out of their way in a in a story context to say it's super normal yeah, for everyone to want to fuck a sorry. Literally yeah. any race can can mate with a sorry. Exactly. Uh, that's such so, a like it is fucked. That's such a like eighteen year old hetero boy. Of course, there's only a female female romance. That's the only gay romance is Lady Shepherd with an Asari. Yeah, I don't know. As someone who uh, likes to get down with Thane, you know what I'm saying. I also play Femship every time. Uh, that you, the male Shep should have that off. That's such a good story. It doesn't matter if the person in it is male or female. Like, oh, yeah. patch it, fix it, all the things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Garrus. Oh, Taylor. Uh, uh, Jacob. No, no, Jacob. Jacob for a girl, yes. Jack? Miranda for a guy, Jacob for a girl. Jack for a guy. Tally for a guy. Garrus for a girl. That's terrible. I hate Mass Effect now. Give me the... Um, look away, grunt. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I don't want him to see, I don't want him to see this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, I had sex with Garrus. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it is a much more uh, comical uh, plot than romance plot than a lot of the... Oh, uh, I'm getting confirmation from the chat here that Caden can be gay. Perfect. Caden right. can be gay? I'm happy. Is I, that later? I don't know. I'm going to look that up right now. You can't, you, Caden, you can't get Caden. Uh, you have to Google exactly that. Caden can be gay. Caden, Caden gay romance. <laughs> yeah, there is, there is Caden gay romance. What game? Uh, Mass Effect 3. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's it then. I'm just yeah. starting three. So, so far, it's been only hetero relationships. That's when they wised up. It's weird that they didn't do Ashley too then. Well, Ashley is like a xenophobe. I would not be surprised if she's also a homophobe. Right, but it's like uh, it, you have you go through that game with Ashley or Caden in that exact same spot all the way through the franchise, whichever one you save. So Caden and Ashley can be romance by same sex shepherds. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, it was the third one. Yeah. I figured it out by the third same one. sex shepherds. Same sex shepherds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm Matt um, Eads, and we're the same sex shepherds. Two, three, four. <laughs> <laughs> So the Garrus relationship seems to be very much about uh, trying to find uh, how it's physically possible. Because mm, they're uh, calcium-based and we're carbon-based, if I remember. Yeah, they're very bony. Mm-hmm. Um, big old bone on uh, on Garrus. 
Uh, I'm just gonna Google the, Turian uh, penis here and see. Yeah, Karen and Patrick like a, Weeks confirm what Turian penises look like. <laughs> like a steak knife. <laughs> I'm just gonna read this verbatim. This is on uh, this is a subreddit. Which one? Our Mass Effect. So I'm in HavenCon in Austin. I've had the opportunity to meet Karen and Patrick Weeks, as well as uh, Dragon Age's G David Gator. Yada yada yada. Patrick does a lot of work talking about alien genitals and cloaca specifically. Karen hates it because he does it to bother her. Yada yada yada. Uh, we talked for a while. They confirmed that Turians are a lot like ducks down there, and they have a corkscrew penis shape. So take take whatever that is worth. If, if this <laughs> if this listener is believable, oh, I mean that would make a lot of sense. That you would have to have a conversation about that. You're like, well, man. yeah, it's just how does how, yeah. how, how does it work? How do you line it up? How deep was, does the rabbit hole go? It makes <laughs> sense because during the scene, it was kind of a top down view of Shepard, and she was just fucking spinning. Like a fucking top, bro. <laughs> she she was doing the doing the, yeah. uh, the the Diablo two berserker fucking yeah. world. <laughs> so, just spinning. Yeah. On. This all checks out. Oh, for me. Great. Um, yeah. So uh, we did the deed. Uh, unfortunately, it seems like there's a bug in the achievement. So <sighs> what? didn't get the Paramore achievement. Was that a bug it that existed like in the original game, or is that a new one? Not that I know of, but it is a common. It's a common enough bug for people to be talking about it on. That sucks. Uh, so I saved. What I did was I don't really care about the achievements. Yeah. Uh, but I made a save right before the uh, the business, um, so that whenever. Uh, whenever they do fix it, if I still care at all, I can just reload that and do the business again. Yeah, <laughs> just so I can you know fire that scene up whenever I yeah, need yeah. it. Just get, just get corkscrewed. Sometimes yeah. man just needs to save his corkscrew scene. Exactly, exactly. Go for a ride on the Garris train. Oh, um, just started three. I did the suicide mission. Everyone made it out okay. Hell yeah! I'm a great commander who knows exactly how every aspect of that video game works <laughs> exactly. um, uh and now uh, yeah just did like the the little uh, emotional intro to three so good uh, strong opening in, in vancouver i will say that three um the voice and i don't know if this was the case in the real game it feels like the sync on the audio and the lips are is a little bit off hmm. in a way that it was not in one and two hmm weird but it looks good yeah. Other than that, it's hard to follow up uh, after two's intro. Two Mass Effect Two is maybe one of one. like the best games, just full yeah. stop ever. It's so it's such a good game by itself. Yeah, it's crazy how fast the uh, like between the recruiting more people and doing loyalty missions for those people, how quickly the uh, mission log fills up. Like you just have like fifteen things to do, and yeah. you're looking at all of them, and you're like. Oh yeah, this one's dope. Oh, this one's dope. Oh yeah, this one's really dope. Like they're all bangers. Like they put the attention and craft into each one of those missions in a way that Mass Effect One specifically is just like I've been in this exact same room fifty times on fifty different planets. <laughs> every every single piece of Mass Effect Two felt just like so bespoke. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. Mm -hmm. uh, we talked about it a bit on the on the chat, but you read the big old mass effect omnibus. I lent you. I do. How is that? It holds up my from... laptop for podcasts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there it Perfect. is on the video. How <laughs> <laughs> was uh, reading that before playing through the games? It, it's good. It, um, so my favorite story out of the four that were in there, I think it was four, um, was the elusive man story, mm. which 
um, contextualizes him a lot in terms of like why he is the way that he is, but it's not, um, he's not referencing a bunch of stuff that happened in that, in that story. Right. Um, which doesn't, it makes it good, but then it, it yeah. makes it good in a very different way than, uh, Liara's story, which the first time you asked me, uh, how it was reading the book before I was like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Give some context for some of these characters, but the Liara story, when you get to the shadow broker DLC, which is mwah, chef's kiss. Yeah. Um, she is specifically referring to moments and characters, uh, and rescuing people who, uh, she knows from the comic book series. So that was yeah. much more like, Oh shit, this guy has a bat. This guy who we're going to rescue has a backstory that I know now and is not just random character that we're going to rescue. Mm, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. They really packaged it well with, uh, with how they tied it into the games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. I'm excited to play three. I remember three, like I remember the missions maybe not being what they, what, what the missions were in mass effect two, but I fucking love the little war table. <laughs> where it's just giving you like a number value on every little decision you made where it's like, remember when you didn't punch the reporter in the face? Well, they're good friends with you. So you get five points to your fucking war effort. <laughs> How can you not punch the reporter in the face? Oh, I oh, punch don't worry. every I do. time. Okay, that's good. <laughs> that's disingenuous assertions, lady, right? Is that the same? I've had enough uh, of your yes. disingenuous assertions. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you get her twice. Like the, the renegade way is to, yeah, just clock her. Yeah. Like really put her down hard. Every uh, game the, too. You get the, you get a chance to <laughs> fucking whale on her. The, the Paragon thing is like, you just very slyly navigate the conversation and she's like, Oh wow. You're a fucking good luck. Shepard. Um, but anytime you see that blinking red trigger, and this is not just for her, it's for anything. You've got a guy who you're interrogating pinned up against a glass window and you're playing a straight Paragon. I dare you to not pull that renegade trigger and kick that guy out the window when it pops up. It's just fucking impossible. I knew it was coming, and I was like, don't do it. And then as soon as I saw it, I'm like, yeah, this guy's got to go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Can't save the world without breaking a few eggs. A lot of good set pieces in Mass Effect 3. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, like, you get it's you get to the home worlds of so many uh, different uh, species that you uh, have just heard about in every single game except for maybe the Krogan where you get to visit their home world in two. Uh, yeah. Other than that, it's, it's like, Oh, now we get to go to the Solarian home world. Oh, now you get to go to the, do you go to the uh, Solarian? No, sorry, not Solarian. Uh, sorry. Um, and I think Turian. don't you go to the Korean. Korean you do for yeah. sure. Do you go to the Korean? They don't have a home world. They have no, a, a well, flotilla. I, they have a home world. It's in fact, it's, Oh, like overrun by the Geth. Right. I couldn't right, remember right. if you went back. You guys, do you I guys think save you... the flotilla or save the Geth? Uh, I usually in save two, the... three. In two. Is that that'd be a two? That's got to be in decision. three because two I just played. Oh yeah, that is three. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, 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 yeah. tally yeah. is tally. It's like tally or legion, and yeah. legion's like, well, all Geth aren't actually the same. I always pick the Geth because. It seems kind. Of, yes, they're robots, but like slavery's not okay, even even if they are. Are George's people? Yeah. You know the Star Wars are, question. Are they sentient? Oh yeah. Robots or? Well, 
Yeah, they're definitely sentient, but they're like they a were not mind. designed to be sentient. They found sentience along the way. Yeah, they well then they, they didn't earn. They don't deserve it if they if it wasn't given to them. We you can't just take sentience yeah, on right. your own. That's right. God gave us that's sentience. Right. God <laughs> has to be the one to give it to you. <laughs> I like yeah. Legion a lot. I usually side with Legion. Yeah, I, I do like Legion. Legion well. I like Tally a lot too, though. But. <laughs> She's pretty cool. Remember, you ever seen her without her mask on? Yeah, she's like a stock photo. I was just gonna bring that up. Remember when they used that stock (laughs) photo for Tally's big face reveal, and everyone's like, "What the fuck?" They changed it. They changed her face. Yeah, she looks like an alien now instead of just a lady, a human lady with like purplish skin. Let's see, Tally, new face. They cleaned up the. I like clean faces on my Tally. New face. She just, yeah, it's just her without the mask. I'm not into the new face. I don't know. She just looks like a person. I guess they. I guess all Koreans probably just look like people. Yeah. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, she. She just has like a like a ridge, like ridges coming off the corners of her eyebrows. Other than that, she's just a person. I mean, they're all people. She's just a human being. I should say. <laughs> I think one of the the frustrating things for uh, the whole. Uh, uh, Geth Corian thing is if you get far enough in in uh, Legion's dialogue, yeah. which which you can only progress by doing missions, and mo- you you only get two missions after you get Legion, unless you purposefully save missions for after the game. So I think there's a lot of dialogue that people miss with Legion because the game ends, and yeah. unless you go back and continue talking to him, and it it becomes very clear that I, I don't mean, if you guys are no, if I actually more spoilers, that. yeah. Because everyone kind of has about five uh, things they'll re-up with you uh, when, when you talk to them on the ship, where you can progress the conversation kind of five times, and then whenever you get to their loyalty mission, it halts it. Yeah, yeah. So you want to try and bang out the loyalty missions as soon as you can when you get them, if you are interested in, in keeping those conversations going. Mm. Um, but the, the Geth one, he, get, he very much comes out and says, like, we're kind of just holding the planet for the Quarians. Like we, uh, we're kind of just caretakers right now. We don't, we don't want the planet. We don't want to fight them. And they've even like, uh, left a lot of the war stuff behind as a memorial to them in a way where Shepard's like, what the fuck? Why the fuck you do? You don't have emotions. It's like, we do it for them. That's what they would want. So get there, get there pretty sweet. And it was kind of a weird jarring story moment in two where you fight the geth the whole time in one and then get show up and we're like, those are the bad geth. We're the yeah. good geth. And I'm like, Oh, I love okay. that. I love the explanation yeah. of like, what well, somewhere along the line, a zero became a one and this whole like other subconscious yeah. of geth split off. Yeah. And they're like, neither of us are wrong. We think two plus two equals four and they play, think three plus three equals six. Oh, so good. And uh, if you great. get far enough down, Legion's story, when you have to pick between uh, Geth or Corians, doesn't Tally, like, jump off a cliff if you go too far down the Geth path? That's in three. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I remember being really it, frustrated by that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, I, mean, I, I wanted to help Legion. I want Tally to fucking kill herself. Well, and almost every single one of those moments is solvable by having a uh, Renegade or Paragon uh, really, really high. Mm. Yeah. Like going all the way to the. Oh Rex yeah, I think thing. you catch her if she if yeah, you paragon there's her. There's like, if you if you get the blue or red option in the dialogue tree, that's always the pick me to make everyone happy, even if it's you being a dick. I might yeah. be misremembering, but 
So I, I don't know if... I think there's a Paragon action where you make to catch her but miss. And I remember... Maybe that's just your score is not high enough, but I remember, like, pulling the trigger... I think I do anyways. We're pulling the trigger, hitting that Paragon action, and, like, Shepard dies off the cliff and goes to catch her and misses, and just being like, oh, what the... Even the fucking Paragon trigger! <sighs> I'll let you know. That game's so good. Um, the way yeah, they play with I'm the excited. mechanics. Yeah, that's good. It's two... Every time I play, I'm like, I... I, I come in and out of that trilogy knowing two is my favorite but whenever i finish two i'm very excited to play three yeah it's a good oh, yeah. it's a good finale mm-hmm. it was the first time and i think i've that... only done that dlc the the fucking weird uh one with the underwater guy that really recontextualizes like everything about the fucking reapers um, oh leviathan uh, the leviathan yeah, yeah that's the I think big I've one i've only done that dlc yeah. once yeah. and barely remember it that was a good was one. that you said that was the only dlc you did or You've done them all. You no, just I've done. Them all. I've done them all, but gotcha. I think I've only done that one once. Yeah, I played Citadel for the. I played all the Mass Effect Three DLC for the first time. Not literally all of it, but like most of it came out after the game, didn't it? Leviathan came away after, yeah. and uh, played like Citadel, Leviathan. There were a few others played for the first time, and like the the DLC in three is is some of the best Mass Effect. It's so good. Citadel well, is tremendous. Just, the DLC structure is just so different for the two games because the DLC in two is very much, you can do the suicide mission and then just get back on your ship and do all this DLC mm. that they'll release later or missions that you didn't get around to. Whereas three, there's a finality to the ending yeah. where it's more of a load your last save kind of thing. Mass effect. Good That's to be back. It's fucking fantastic. I love that game. It is living up to the overhyped nature of this video game. I've played a million times. <laughs> that yes. only looks slightly better and is probably broken in other ways. <laughs> but uh, but boy, I'm having fun. Kevin, you want to talk a little bit about the new Subnautica? Sure. Below Zero, which uh, you've you've been playing, right? Yeah, I've got uh, I've got a few of the things that I've been supposed to do mm-hmm. done. Did uh, you, I assume you did that first story beat? You get a, a like, uh, maybe not first, but you get a, a marker for a li- uh, architect ruins or something. It's a yeah, real. Where, there's uh, a cube. It involves a cube. I'll say where where you're just kind of swimming around, and then you hear that SOS. Yeah, and then you go kind of find the source, and yeah, uh, they're doing some different things in in Subnautica Below Zero where. Like the Subnautica, the first game definitely had a story, definitely had a narrative. There were like there were set piece moments, cutscenes, but it was a little more subdued. Where it was kind of you alone on this planet, listening to audio logs and and hearing like weird signals and stuff. There were like you have a voice. I guess it's the first big change. You are a character with a voice in uh, Below Zero. You play Robin. No, Sam. You play Sam. Uh, no, you play you play Robin, the sister of Sam. Right. Sam was in the first I don't remember same planet uh, so presumably some of that stuff is crosses over but like there are there are characters in this game who are like fully voiced and exist in the world in a way they did not in the first game yeah it's uh, like, like you say it's definitely a, a shift from the way the first game was because yeah the first game it's like you you go around and then you get those uh, what was it like vo- messages from from the people in space who were like coming to rescue you and everything yeah. like that and, and you would get those messages to kind of propel you along in the plot uh, and kind of give you ideas of where to go but in this one it's uh, yeah with, without spoiling the, Can we the talk definitely about that very first cool game? 
Do you think? That's Have kind we? Of, no, I, like, can we openly, do you think we could openly talk about the thing? It's only like maybe four, two, three hours. I mean, yeah, it's probably, probably fine. Probably yeah. fine. I, didn't, games I personally for... don't care. The only thing I'd worry about is that now is maybe a more, more people might get into that first game at this moment because that's probably that fair DLC enough. is coming up. Yeah. All right, let's give let's give a uh, let's give a quick one minute spoiler warning. I'm just going to say the thing that happens in Subnautica One. So if you if you want to say clear on that game, or if you're listening live, plug yours for 60 seconds, starting right now. Hopefully they're gone. There is a like virus on the planet that you get infected with, and it turns out the planet has all these like guns and defenses. It's a quarantine planet. Nothing can leave. This alien technology keeps you there, and you kind of have to solve that problem but they don't mention that in this game so you land on the planet and like i know that i shouldn't eat the fish because i'll get infected but i i, I eat the fish maybe because because you and i were were kind of discussing when you were streaming it was whether or not at the end of the first game you actually do solve that problem yeah and thinking back and hearing you kind of explain that's our the minute, parts so that we'll i missed have to, we'll have to be vague again that's our about minute. uh about the defense system in the first game mm-hmm like, because I totally didn't remember that. Oh yeah, uh, and, and, but I, but I think you do solve the problem by by nature of the fact that you escape. Yeah, but the problem is also somehow related to. It's almost like two acts where the problem you solve is the first act, and then there's a whole second act where you meet the, some characters and things. And I think one led directly to the other, but like I can't, I cannot remember. That first game was so not strange but just like it, it it metered up the story in such a it depended on your pace right sometimes you yeah. got no story for 10 hours because i'm just building my base my my pace was extremely slow in the first game i think it was like 35 hours was my play time yeah somewhere around 25 i think yeah uh, in comparison i am just flying through below zero i'm like i i know that all right i gotta get the mobile vehicle bay first i don't need any of this other shit let's rush the vehicle bay get my vehicle and we start working on these other things and and a lot of those skills transfer over yeah, for sure. Like, definitely, at least for how to prioritize things to build and, and where to to look for things, for sure, definitely helps out. Knowing that, for, coming from the first game, knowing that, you know, generally speaking, if you're looking for the next tier of material to find to craft, uh, just go deeper. You're probably going to find it if you just go deeper. Mm-hmm. And, and those kind of just little knowing how the game work definitely translates to this one, for sure. Yeah, you've lived a lifetime under the ocean already. That's right. There's uh, a few new mechanics. The the below zero, you're on the polar ice caps or or on an ice cap, I guess. So there is a temperature mechanic when you're above ground, uh, sorry, above water, which uh, seems like it'll come into play. I've found like thermoses that can hold coffee that warm you up and, and seems like you might have to do some kind of maybe maybe walking across ice where some of the water has frozen over. Uh, yeah, you found uh, you found something above uh, ground that I didn't even find. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, I, uh, that was kind of one of the one of the things I learned from the first game was like I'm just gonna do the loop of this area as soon as I can and kind of try to figure out the boundaries. And it's uh, it, it's much different though. They break it up because you are in like you're in a series of connected <clears throat> excuse me connected frozen lakes. I'm just gonna mute for a sec here. <laughs> Goodness. So is it like is it? <clears throat> Uh, more on land than the first one or the the main game. I'm too early to say, but there uh, there are parts in that first game where you are finding things on land, and and there are parts in this game where I found like settlements and and things on the ice. Right. 
It's tough to say. I'm very early. Yeah, uh, I'm. Uh, I'm a little frustrated with uh, some of the way the waypoints work because there's this one thing that you have to find. You're you're, you're going around and you're finding these things in this game. Yeah, but um, the, the first game too set you up. Yeah. Eventually, it's like you need these materials to progress. Go find them. Yeah, and uh, this this game definitely does does the same kind of gimmick. Uh, but there's one of the ones that I've unlocked that. I, I see where it should be. I can I can go directly above it. I can can go down. I, I can swim directly towards it, uh, and and I can never find it. I can never find how to get to this mm. one specific one, and it is it is making me lose my mind. It's big big detour, maybe. Guys- and, and that's what I thought. I'm like, maybe it's one of the ones that I have to go like no, maybe start a section lower and like go up to it, and I. It's just never going to happen, man. I'm just going to lose my mind one time. I'm going to look up a guide for it and I'll how to find that one thing. And then I'm yeah. going to feel dirty about myself. It's like that flower from the first game. There's that one flower that was so fucking hard to find. Once you open the guide too, you just, you never close it after that. Can't. You're like, well, I might as well just keep this open. Can't put the lid back on Pandora's go, box. Glance over at it. Do well, you guys was- do like, um, uh, like, are you under the ice a lot? Yeah, so that's that's a new thing to consider in this game, which I've actually already died to. Is uh, in in the first game, it's just the ocean. You can surface wherever you, just you need always to. Always come up. Always yeah. in this game, the first time you go to surface, uh, the you know I, I like using the the fast uh, uh, ascent bag thing where yeah. it's like an airbag you fly up, yeah. and the first time you smash into that ice, you're like, oh fuck, right, <laughs> I need to find an air hole. Uh, but to to compensate, there are plants underwater now that that you can refill your oxygen from and yes which is by far the greatest quality of life change they made in this yeah. game the exploration is is actually really different with that change because you can it used to just be you go down till your air is out you have to come back up there was really no way to replenish now you do can you like, go down and uh, sorry go ahead do you like put your mouth on the fish's mouth and just squeeze the fish it's a plant that like uh you're seeing those spiders those like water spiders how they have like the bubbles in their web it looks like that it's like a bubble underwater with like little like feelers on it and i imagine you just stick your mouth into it and go uh there are also fish that you can stick your mouth into and get yeah like i'm picturing picturing like a puffer fish that's inflated that you then go mouth to mouth with and squeeze Yeah. (laughs) yeah those ones look like uh the whole they look like the, the donut ones. Oh, I didn't know you could get oxygen from the whole fish. Yeah. Yeah, there's a fish with a hole in the middle, which I think is the fucking coolest thing. <laughs> like a donut. Yeah. Subnautica below zero. It uh, seems very good. I've seen I, I haven't seen like any new frightening creatures. I really feel like I got over my not fear of the ocean in real life, but in Subnautica certainly. Like my fear in that first game where there are kind of some like the the big predators aren't as devastating as maybe Kevin's shaking his head no I am shaking my head no <laughs> you can like you know I was training those leviathans by the end of that game I was having them eating peepers out of my hand I am not someone who is like afraid of the depths or whatever and there was a moment in this one where uh, I was going deeper and deeper and there was something that I had to get in this one area and in order to get into this one area was a uh, not not a, a small entrance, but only a single entrance to this area, uh, and it was guarded by something that was mm. quite scary. I see. And I was lit. I was thinking to myself, like, okay, well, I'm just going to come back. And I started 
with a taking gun. my sea truck and like going back to base. And I'm like, I'm just going to do this later because this is freaking me out too much. I can't, I can't deal with it now. And then I got about a third of the way back to my base and I realized I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to turn around. I'm there. I'm close. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to toughen up and do it. Yeah. Tell them and what's was, on your mind. It was, it, it was terrifying. <laughs> It was it was so terrifying. The kind of the only scare I've gotten. You're always so tense. You're in the dark ocean, especially below zero. There's presumably new creatures. You can fucking hear them, but not see them from the beginning of the game. They're like, you're like, I wonder what those are. There was these. These are in the first game. These little fish that like pop out of pods and they blow up. And they're like, <laughs> and they fly at you. And it's just like I don't know, the angle I was coming down or so I didn't realize what it was. One of those little pods. And like, I was like, what's this thing? Got right up to it. And the fish fucking popped out. It was on stream today. And like, I just about flipped backwards in my chair. Like, <laughs> like fucking right over. Yeah, that exact same thing happened to me. The first one of those fish that I came across in this one, too. They're even in the first game. I'm like, ah, oh, got me. I'm used to these stupid things. Uh, it seems very cool, though. 40, 40 bucks on Steam. Probably 30 in the Americas. Yeah, have you been uh, have you been building your base up at all yet? Or I haven't you even started. Just, just rocking out of the pod. Yeah, I want to get the I want to build a sea truck before I I got my mobile pod my mobile vehicle thing. I want to build a sea truck before I start doing base stuff. That's yeah, my, that makes sense. My next project. Uh, let's have you get... uh, have you learned about the sea truck yet? Yeah, yeah. I, I just need to go get materials for it now. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, any uh, closing thoughts here on Subnautica, Kev? Uh, it. It's it's really good. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, but like I say, the the waypoint system because of how the tunnels work in this one, especially, uh, I didn't necessarily find the first game had a lot of that because it's it, in the first game it was kind of you kind of swim towards the waypoint and you're gonna find it just because of the way the underwater layout was in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one is definitely a lot more interconnected caves and yeah. like sea monkey caves underwater areas that you have to get in through through these tiny holes and everything like that so yeah this one is it's a lot harder to find the things uh but definitely the underwater area is a lot uh a lot more intricate and a lot more interesting to be exploring yeah you guys got a sense of the length yet compared to the other game Uh, no it it all depends (laughs) uh i've heard people uh have beat it in about 10 hours uh i'm sure the speed run will be 45 minutes or less what is the first game speed run i wonder uh i think it was about 45 minutes maybe 50 i want to say uh the first game speed run is 33 uh, minutes and 36 seconds 33 minutes it's currently okay, the fastest time Jesus, what am I seeing? We'll set the podcast again. Is a the most viewed hot tub Twitch on stream is someone pouring cola into their f- what? <laughs> it's a I don't know how old this person is. I would guess between the ages of fourteen and twenty-five, white man, male boy, sitting in. What I can only describe as a laundry basket, maybe like a, a, a polyester laundry basket. This is the top hot tub stream full of water with a four pack of Coke pouring it into it. Great. That sounds like quality content. This is the most watched. Yeah, it managed to pull in almost half a million concurrent viewers, obliterating a record of only 100,000 by Pokemon. Uh, but I mean, Pokemon is an attractive lady also. 
This is a man. This is this is. He's probably considered him fairly attractive, I suppose. But this is a fully clothed individual. There's no there's no sexiness to this hot stream at all. This, this hot stream. Wait, how do you know there's no sexiness there? I mean, the I'm not. One one on Twitch right now has a dude who is in a grape costume, and a lady who is in a avocado costume in a hot tub. Uh, and they have random screens up uh, of actual hot tub streamers. <laughs> I, I don't know what's happening. I have it muted, but I can only assume that it is the stupidest thing in there's the so world. So many like one viewer ones too. I mean, there's so many one viewer streams of everything. But thanks very much for your sub, Blake. I really appreciate it, brother. I'll what support does here. the one one viewer hot tub stream look like? I don't know. Hot tub wife who's official here. Hot Tub Wife, who's 24-7. Okay, anime music. I'm not, Let's see here. Let's go to the... Well, wait, wait. Oh, Brando's back. Here we go. McNasty33. Hot Tub Time. Subs welcome. This dude's going to be in the hot tub. I heard you guys getting viewers, into the hot tub. Viewers a load of high. Let's go see these zero... Yeah, some of these zero views. I mean, that's why they have zero. They're not in hot tubs. This dude is literally not in a hot tub. All right, I'm closing that shit down. I don't even care about beach hot tubs time. anymore. I want to find the lowest viewed stream that literally has a person in a hot tub. I want to I want to find the crossover before we come back. This can all be part of it. No, that's not a person. That's not a person in a hot tub. Uh, it's Buddha in a hot tub. That's, that doesn't count. Mr. Clean hot tub stream. Oh, my God. Hot Thanos dancing in a hot tub. That one's got two viewers. <laughs> Oh, Twitch. Oh, this one is just uh, streaming anime movies, it looks like. That's you gotta love it. Miyazaki movie there. From a hot tub, though. Okay, here we go, here we go. <laughs> I think I found them. Let's see. Three viewers. Yes! Yes! Here, I'll send you in the chat. Uh, Shoutouts to... Uh, I, I guess I cannot vouch for this person personally. Maybe they're terrible. Uh, Warrior underscore TTV underscore on Twitch, who currently has two viewers <laughs> and appears to be legitimately a person... In a hot tub. Uh, oh, I can't send you this because my icons don't bring up what they're supposed to. But uh, yes, warrior underscore TTV underscore. Uh, I was just gonna yeah, just get the sound on here to see what's going on. Yeah, it's just he's just hanging out. He's just having a good time. He's got like a jet in his back. This crash my shit. Yeah, or mine again. Great. Oh yeah, that seems alright. Yeah, nobody's even top tier. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm in, yeah. I'm into this. Dudes in hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> looks happy. Oh, he's German. He's speaking German, I think. Uh, all the all the stream information is in German. Berliner Schnauz mit Hangzu beklop beklopptem. Danke for 400 follower. I know what that. Look means. how happy he is that he doubled his followers. Yeah, Danke. Looks like he's about to vomit over the... Okay, no, he's good. He's good. Been he's there. Been there, buddy. He's been in there for almost four hours. <laughs> oh, fuck, he has. Hang on. Hang on. Let me... Where do I find the VOD? Has he really been in there for four hours? That's fucked. That's not healthy. I mean, I've been in a hot tub for more than four hours. Yeah, and how is that going? <laughs> Drinking in a hot tub. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You, you feel it. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it has an effect once you get out. When you're in the hot tub, you're invincible. But as soon as you get out, then things start to go bad. Wild. What a wild time. The That's like the dangerous intersection of hot tub streaming and, and Twitch streaming. The always having to be on, always having to do more than, than the other person, longer and more regular, plus being in a hot tub. Man. Yeah. You're just going to bake yourself. Yeah. And I don't know. 
Feels like if you're this not is, a, feels like if you're not a lady with a uh, very fit body that maybe you aren't really even playing the game. You know, <laughs> you haven't really like brought skates to play today. It turns out. Uh, this is a me thing, but all I can think about when we're doing that is how sad that guy's going to be when his followers go back down. <laughs> when hot tub streams are no longer the thing. No, just when it go, it went up to like seven there. Oh, oh viewers, when, yeah. viewers, yeah. Oh. Uh, Kyle, what have you been up to? I played a couple of games. Uh, or uh, actually, I think me. Yeah, uh, you know what? We'll jump around. Fuck it. Oh, tell me about fuck it. it. I played a bit of Hotline Miami too. Heck which, of a game. Uh, it's interesting. It's fun. Uh, it's like a GTA One, GTA Two kind of top-down style. Um, you're thrown into a room just with random guards. Random. Each guard has a random weapon, and you got to go through the room without getting killed or hit. Pretty much. It's kind and, of. Uh, uh, it's almost like puzzly in a nature yeah. where you have to like, oh, okay, this guy's gonna have a shotgun in this room. He's gonna have a bat. How am I gonna deal with these guys? Right. Yeah. And it's very like uh, retro VHS kind of like flashing at you, scratchy kind of grainy film. Yeah. The fucking jams. It's unique. The music yeah. is Tell me about so the jams. good. Yeah. It's pretty dark. It's pretty like adultish i would say yeah. right off the bat like the opening scene is pretty rough uh but it's fun i'm having a fun time with it for what it is did you play that first game i didn't actually heck no. of a sure good too yeah i don't yeah. know how the second game was uh received overall uh it pretty well me, apparently it reminds me i don't think like they changed a 2D manhunt that's what it reminds me of manhunt yeah never played never played manhunt really that's a that's an intense game. Rockstar. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Mm. That's that's like one of the one of those games that's banned in so many countries as well. Roll my it's, eyes here on on this podcast. <laughs> if you've never played Manhunt, Matt, I suggest checking it out. It's pretty wild. Kevin's got a hotline fling stuck in his head. He says in the chat here. <laughs> <laughs> and I yeah. know when that hotline playing. And then real quick, I went through another game, Northgard. Uh, OP pick of the week. <laughs> yeah, be, that's my OP pick of the week for sure. It's a, it's a bit of a slower RTS. Uh, Northgard. Yeah, it's kind of like a settler style tiles. You're thrown into a map. You have just a few villagers you can assign to tasks depending on what building you send them over to. Um, you start out just by having them as scouts. They go out and uh, they automatically will scout out the map for you and expand your map, your field of vision. Um, it's unique in a sense. like It's not like your traditional RTS where you're just trying to churn out units. You're trying to actually find the balance of like the rock, paper, scissors style. You have smaller clusters. First, I should say it's set in like Viking times. So you have clans and each clan has different perks uh, based off what you pick. And, Is this like uh, a competitive? You play you uh, play 1v1 online type of a you can, yeah, real-time yeah. strategy game? Yeah. Yeah, I never... This is I StarCraft. It, it, kind of, <laughs> it looks like Age of Empires almost to me where like it seems like there's a little bit of kind of city managing and, and that sort of thing and then also combat and, and building military units. There's a surprising amount of city management to it because once you start getting bigger and you start expanding further... You, you run out of territory. So each the game is tiled and you your scouts search tile by tile 
And on each tile, you can have three buildings, or when you upgrade the tile, you can have six buildings or four, I think it might be. Um, so you have to think about like what you're expanding and where you're expanding to. Um, and if you expand too rapidly, your town just gets overcome with sickness and you just your villagers start, just start dying right out. But it's interesting how the game works is like if you if you if you have an entire village that's getting sick, um, your food stores start dying out and your wood starts uh, your wood supply starts dying out as well. But as your population dies out, your your supplies start going back up because people are too de- people are dead and they can't use anything, and eventually you, you, you your village will balance right back out. So it's kind of interesting how it society swings out like that. working as designed. That's yeah. right, yeah. And it goes through seasons too. So uh, in winter seasons, uh, when when you're in winter, your food supplies go down rapidly and your wood supply goes down, of course, because everybody's trying to keep warm and eating. And uh, then you go through your spring, summer, fall kind of uh, seasons, and it tells you like to prepare for certain events and certain things can happen in each season. So it's unique how it throws it at you. You're not just dealing with the other AI and where they're at. You're dealing with the environmental factors as well. And uh, there's also like unique territories you can capture that are like significant points. Like uh, there's one that's like a gateway, a portal that if you capture, you'll. Uh, it'll start summoning enemy units over to their camps. And mm. there's like uh, mythological points you can capture as well that are like uh, you can send lore masters over and they'll uh, increase your like tech tree or whatever. It's it's interesting. It's having a lot of fun with it. If you like a smaller scale RTS, uh, it's definitely worth checking out. Also on the Switch, on, on everything, including the Switch. That's actually really cool. It'd be interesting on the Switch oh with the touchscreen. Yeah, I wonder. Let's see, switch, touch controls. I'm unable to find... Okay, here we go, top, top. Google result is uh, Northgard on switch, comma, well-implemented controls. Cool. Great. Cool. Well implemented. Well done. Apparently, confirm nor deny that those are touch controls. <laughs> anecdotally, micromanaging the fight seems like it might be annoying. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, the fights are pretty automatic. It's not like... Uh, you got to get your low-health unit, run him out of there so he doesn't die, keeps doing damage. You never play RTS uh, yeah, before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're Could right, you just right. keep the population low, like just you and your buddies, and build, like put all resources into Live building like walls? <laughs> and just be like, we'll, stay, we'll fucking siege the shit out of this thing. We'll fucking sit back. Our, sto- our, our stores are, are they're only going to grow because there's an adverse relationship between living people and supplies <laughs> you can't well i i'm not sure about siege units like there is uh like when your scouts are exploring they will explore neutral uh no no NPCs don't send the scouts out you keep the scouts in with you oh you can't you can't do anything like that there's no units that'll like just outright siege units mm. um you need a brand closest, new unit <laughs> the closest thing you can do that i've found is there's like a He's a, a titan that you can. You, you, one of your scouts will eventually find him. He's just a titan, and you can open up a trade route with him and give him food. And as you feed, as you've given him food, he'll it'll increase your cap, or it'll increase your. Uh, it'll just make him like you more, essentially. And then eventually, you can send him over to the enemy base to cause havoc and stuff. It's it's interesting. Northguard yeah. is that game. 
GRD, Northgard. Anything else, uh, Key? Oh, I almost said your initials. I shouldn't. I guess people know your initials. It doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. KGB. <gasps> what is any, what, anything else? Any other games? No, that's Any it, other really. games? Comitet Gosu Darstenovoi Bezip Pasnosti. Just the usual Valorant and a uh, bit of Hell at Loose. Yeah, that's a, a heck of a game. We're still. The, the community is getting behind Hell at Loose. Well, not Kevin. He's <laughs> getting behind Hell at Loose. I played for, I want to say, an hour. I think my, my more time on the game was about an hour. Uh, before I click the re- refund this game button. <laughs> hey, I refunded it the first time too, you know? This is The Sims 4 all over again. Buy it, refund it, buy it, keep it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably not going to be going back and buying it again. That's all right. Tell me about Solasta, Kevin. Uh, yes, Solasta, uh, the crown the of sp- the magister. Spanish word for nap, I think. You stop for a quick Solasta in the afternoon. Oh, fuck. I could use a Solasta today for sure. Be good. Uh, so, Solasta is a D&D ass D&D video game. <clears throat> Even more so... Huh, sorry, my voice has just decided to explode. Been there. <laughs> Solasta. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, Solasta right there. Shut it down. Uh, oh, it, it is a D&D ass D&D video game in a way that uh, at least the last time I played Baldur's Gate 3, Baldur's Gate 3 has nothing on this. Just like uh, like uh, adherence to rules wise. Oh yeah, like like it it is completely adherent to the rules. Uh, there's only six classes, which uh, ha- has its ups and downs. Uh, but you can play as a fighter, a paladin, a rogue, a ranger, a cleric, or a wizard. Hmm. Is that the gonna, full list? Are they going to add the the other uh, D&D no. ones? Uh, well, they may uh, because uh, this this is full release of the game 1.0. I'm sure expansions and stuff will come. Maybe they'll add more classes and, and things like that. Um, but as it is now, it is very, very in line with what you would expect. We're talking uh, attacks of opportunity where it'll pop up and give you, do you want to do an attack of opportunity? Uh, I have a paladin in my party. So every time I hit with a, with an attack, it pops up the thing that says, would you like to use a smite on this attack? <laughs> Uh, there are readied actions where you can ready an attack, you can ready a cantrip spell, you can ready a ranged attack. Uh, there's the three levels of encumbrance where you have your light load, your medium load, your heavy load. Uh, light level here I'm seeing. You need light in dark yeah, places or else yeah. you miss. Everything, uh, there's there's light and illumination affects all your, your attacks. Uh, so visually you can you can always see what's happening, but your light level... Uh, may cause you to have disadvantage on an attack against an enemy because it's technically supposed to be dark yeah, in this. Just because you have dark vision doesn't mean your characters do. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, uh, there's overland movement uh, when you're trying to go from place to place where you'll run into random encounters. You'll find boars to kill to increase your food supplies along the way. You'll forage plants and and materials along the way that you happen to find. Uh, there's situations where you'll spot an ambush on the road and you can decide to avoid the ambush or fight with, uh, with an advantage. 
Like it is, it is D and D and D in a video game in a way that I have never seen before. It seems cool. dope. I'm there. Uh, there's a trailer June the first. They're adding a dungeon maker where it looks like it was like designing a D and D map top down that then you go in and play in the game, which seems really rad. Yeah, Solasta. Solasta. Uh, Crown of the Magister. Crown of the Magister. Uh, I think it's. Uh, I, I, I think it's right around uh, Subnautica price too. Yeah, fifty bucks. Ten more than Subnautica. Oh, I I got it when I was on sale. So <laughs> yeah, seems it's, cool. Uh, must have recently pumped seems up. Seems like price. a game that will outlive a lot of other games just due to the crowd. Uh, the crowd sourcing <laughs> for it. One of the uh, the top review here in the Steam thing is, I wish Baldur's Gate 3 was like this. Yeah, which makes perfect sense. Uh, there was one area that I've... I'm not too far into the game. I'm only about two main quests in. Uh, two, maybe three. Uh, but there was one area where, just to give you an idea of the level of D&D that this game is, I looked up how to find a treasure chest that was in this area that I could see the treasure chest, <laughs> and I couldn't figure out how to get to it. So I'm like, well... Well, how the fuck do you get to this treasure chest? Uh, and the way that they told me I had to get to the treasure chest is I had to have uh, Spider Climb. The spell. Cast, cast Spider Climb mm-hmm. on one of my, my characters who could then climb up a wall. Uh, and once on the wall, I had to Misty Step from the wall to the location where the treasure chest is. Good stuff. Yeah. So it, it's that kind of deep, deep level of, of D&D play. Uh, there was one fight where I was trying to sneak in all of my characters uh, to get in in super optimal positions, and I snuck my super high armor class fighter uh, to the opposite side and then used that fighter to trigger the fight. So all the enemies rushed to him, and then as soon as all the enemies rushed to the, the high armor class fighter, that's when the rest of my supporting cast all popped out of their hiding spots and rained down spells and death on everyone from behind, and they didn't see any of it coming. It, it was uh, it was glorious. D and is way easier when you control every character. Yeah, <laughs> when you when you is art, way easier. Art role playing and <laughs> also control every character. Uh, but it's also it's also cool in a way that uh, a lot of these games, like especially uh, what was the one you and I played? Divinity Original Divinity, Sin Two. Yeah, Divinity Original Sin Two. The the characters that we created. They didn't really have a lot of personality. Yeah, they were just... uh, all the, all the cutscenes that would have had a character in it were just completely scrapped. Uh, whereas in Solasta, you kind of give your characters, uh, you answer a bunch of questions in character creation where it gives you a personality, uh, and then your character will have a fully voiced, fully fully animated set of of things that they say during cutscenes based on the personality that you've chosen. Oh wow. So even though you're creating your own character from the ground up, uh, the every single character that you create feels like it's a real person just because of the personality that you link to it gives it all these these voice lines. Is the full thing voiced? Uh, yeah, everything's voiced. Oh, okay. Now we're talking. I yeah. for some reason, well, it's because there's a lot of games like it. When I see one of these games, uh, I assume some voice acting for the major stuff, but a lot of reading. Uh, yeah, no, no reading in this game at dope. least yet. Dope, 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 dope. Uh, but yeah, like I'm, I'm having an absolute blast with this game. Yeah, it looks rad. I might check that out this week or the n- next week in this week podcast time. <laughs> next week, real time. Salasta, Crown of the Magister. Uh, I guess the only thing it doesn't have though is it doesn't have a multiplayer mode or anything like that. So yeah. 
So it's it's very much a single player game, uh, whereas like a lot of these other games like Divinity Two, Baldur's Gate Three, those are all going to have multiplayer modes, uh, so you can jump in there with your friends. Uh, but this one does not, and it, it definitely would be better with the multiplayer, but doesn't take a lot of it away. Yeah, I feel. And like they're they're adding things to it, the dungeon maker. You know, who who knows what's in the future. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was a. I don't know how long it was in alpha or, or early access or whatever they call it now, uh, but yeah, like I say, just came out about a week ago, and it's it's great. I'm I'm shocked at how detailed it is. Look, if modders can add multiplayer to Sekiro, they can add <laughs> multiplayer to this for sure. That is probably true. There's no impossible. Developed and published by Tactical Adventures. Yeah, based off of uh, the open source 5.1 rules that Wizards put out and just said, here, do with it as you will. Uh, did we talk about Knockout City on this podcast? The dodgeball, the 3v3 dodgeball game? No. I, I don't know. I don't think so, which is hmm, weird because I feel like weird. we would have had a show since then. Yeah, I'll search through the notes. Knockout City is a hell of a game that uh, has been has been big in this apartment anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brando's been into it. Yep. Uh, let me just make sure here. It's the June check the old show notes. Seventh pod, June seventh pod, Knockout City. No, we haven't talked about oh, June seventh pod. Yet. That's today. Uh, that is today. That's yeah. today. Okay, I guess we haven't. Three v three dodgeball game. Well, up to three v three dodgeball game. Uh, it is boy. It's kind of um, almost like. Rocket League meets sort of a like a fighting game, or that's maybe not even the right way to think it. Like it's like it's like Rocket League meets rock paper scissors, kind of the the like the mix up elements of fighting games where you kind of have to guess right. what the opponent's gonna do. Uh, where you are, uh, you, you have kind of two spin throws. You have a catch. Uh, you have a dash that you can use to kind of get through some stuff. You're pretty mobile in most of your animations you can kind of cancel into a catch at almost any time it seems the uh the dash gives you a bit of immunity you can sort of uh like fly through throws towards you and uh, you're sort of using all these tools in combination uh to try to knock the other team out try to try to get 10 kills or whatever it depends on the mode you're playing but you know to dodgeball and then there are all sorts of specialty balls and uh multi-ball and the rest and uh it's rad. It is like it reminds me of playing For Honor in a way where it is this this like tight, snappy sports game where every time something goes not your way, you can tell immediately why that happened and it is clearly your fault. And had you just read the tell a little better and seen that catch or that throw <laughs> coming slower, like it is it is one of those games where every time you fuck up, it is a thousand percent your fault. And it's amazing how because the kind of the primary mode you play is three on three and it's amazing how often when you're playing when you're playing well and you're playing a very good team how it's just like once you lose that first guy it's often just a tidal wave against you and that's three three kills for the other team and it's a first to 10 so it almost feels in a weird way like it's designed for groups of 3 to get knocked out three times and then a race like the amount of uh, matches i've had where it's been 9-9 uh, or it's crazy to be like, man, it comes down to nine nine so often until you kind of think of the 
uh, layout of the game where it's like, oh yeah, it's usually me and my two buddies going down or us going in and killing all three of them. Like it feels like the points are coming in three so often Yeah, uh, that it it is mathematically, like if it was a first to nine, it would be a way different game than being a first to 10. And there is a element of, there are like team mechanics where as you are throwing balls, so if I throw a ball at Kevin and he catches it, uh, if you perfect that catch, if you if you nail the timing on it, the ball gets a charge, and now when you throw the ball, it's going to go faster. And we can keep charging it up. I think there are like eight levels or something. It gets fast by the end. It's basically a fucking laser beam. And you can also charge your own ball by passing it amongst your team. That's right. So and you, you can also like moving the ball around. You can also turn into a ball, and your teammate can throw you, which is this like extra high risk, high reward, because if you hit someone, it's always a kill. No, normally you have two hearts and you got to hit twice to get knocked out. If you hit somebody with a player ball, it's a kill. But if they catch the player ball, that player's in big trouble because they're just going to throw them off the edge. And like, that's <laughs> a kill. And, uh, they, and the, one of the dodgeballs, we talked about how there's a multi-ball. Uh, there's like a bomb ball that explodes on whatever it hits. But there's also a cage ball, which basically forces whoever it hit is hit into that ball. <laughs> form so you get hit with a cage ball and you basically become a dodgeball and are like yelling at your team to please god yeah. please grab me catch so me these guys don't grab me and just throw me off the edge you're like at least use me to cause mayhem while i'm in this cage it is this like really frantic really kind of frenetic very much like rocket league this this highly team oriented game where when you and your teammates are kind of just working in sync and like things, things are just popping off. You're nailing the catches. Uh, the audio cues are really good. So I would recommend anyone playing on console turn their turn sensitivity up to max um, because it's better on PC and you play against people on PC and you can see them spinning way faster, which is annoying. It's it's uh, when you're looking at someone it locks on. There's no precision aiming, so you really want high turn sensitivity. And uh, the audio cues are so good that like I can catch balls from behind without seeing them. Just the whoosh, like the sound it makes as it approaches. You spin around, it's boom. And when you nail that catch, it is unlike anything. It is like flying up in Rocket League and spiking it out of the air. And oh, oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's really good. It's such a uh, like you always judge a game by how good, how much fun you're having when you lo- when you're losing, uh, or maybe that's what I do because I'm always losing at any video <laughs> game I play. Um, but it is one of those games that after a loss, I'm I just can't wait to get back in. In a way that there are numerous video games where string a couple losses together, and I'm like, I would sooner die than yeah. play another round of this. If I lose two games in a row, I usually have to turn off the video game, <laughs> but not Knockout City. And there's a cool, uh, we kind of talked about how there's different kinds of throws, but uh, when you're uh, in the air, you can do a basically a front flip, which is like a double jump. And if you throw out of that front flip, it does like a like kind of a rainbow shot. Not not slow like a rainbow, but like a, like a top curve. Uh, like a big lob. Do, yeah. And if you do a like a spin instead of a flip with a different button, a B, I think it's B, uh, you can throw like a big hooking curveball. And like Mead said about the turn and catch feeling as good as anything. Uh, when you like throw that curveball around fucking cover and hit people who are trying to hide behind it, it is. <laughs> oh, it's the greatest feeling. Feels in like the you're world. Captain America. You throw that shield you and watch this like yeah. huge arc on it, and you have a conk. You're like fucking ass. Because it him. is locking on. Yeah. Uh, but then you're just trying to get like the right fucking turn on it because if you throw it right at the wall when it's locked on it's just going to hit the wall yeah the lock will last a little bit after you hook uh, it around after you lose line of sight you you have the lock for a few seconds so you can throw around corners or over ramps <clears throat> or obstacles like you can do some really yeah. dumb shit that's cool 
It's is very, that free on Game Pass? It's free on Game Pass. Free for Pass? everybody right now, I think. Yeah, that might be... Was that just for May? It was. I, I believe it is for everybody up to a certain level. Knockout is, I how they have City brings back, free, brings back free trial for new players. Play as long as you'd like with some restrictions... It's 30 bucks on Steam. Uh, free 10 day trial. Yeah, it was free for 10 days. Um, you can play, but your progression is limited to rank 25, which That's what I is all consumable stuff anyway, or, or uh, cosmetic stuff, anyways. That, yeah. Yeah, being able to play that free to play is dope. Mm-hmm. Not crazy about the characters and stuff. I, I don't no. see myself wanting to or giving a fuck about the cosmetics. It the kind aesthetic of in general. Fortnite to me. I know that's really reductive, but like it kind of looks like Fortnite to me. It's like Fortnite art, but like I feel like even less self-aware. Yeah. Like Fortnite kind of knows it's dumb. This <laughs> feels like it thinks it's cool. Edgy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I agree. It's my least favorite part of the game is like I was like putting like different hair and sunglasses and everything. And like uh, and like the first like emote you get when that you unlock is like cracking knuckles at the fucking starting screen. And I'm like, I don't want want to fucking crack knuckles at people. That is a knockout city. Check out that, that free mode. It's dope. The one-on-one mode is also, I think super dope. I really like it. Like one-on-one rocket league. It's a totally different thing, but it is, I think really cool. And, and the best way to like learn how to play. Cool. Any other games here, gang, or should we roll in the news? To the news. We'll maybe save this magic thing for the very end here. Uh, E3, the leaks, the 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 ship called E3 ain't as watertight as she used to be, which is bad news because that thing that thing always leaked. A little bit of a 2K leak here. Uh, This this is interesting. Jason, the Scryer Schreier, because Scryer, someone who confirmed it. Uh, the leak includes NBA 2K22, of course, uh, something pro- codenamed Project Vault, which is described as Cthulhu meets Saints Row, uh, which which might be the, the there was a game that Hangar 13, the guys who made Ma- uh, pardon me, the folks who made Mafia, uh, they were working on an open world sci-fi game with supernatural elements. Was was the alleged leak, which this might line up with that. Uh, something called Wonderlands, which is apparently a Borderlands spinoff based on my least favorite character from Borderlands, Tiny Tina. Do people like Who Tiny. Do people like Tiny. Eric asked for that. Eric fucking loves Tiny Tina. <laughs> Eric is like he has Tiny Tina tattooed on his scrotum. Uh, apparently, it's going to be the same looting, shooting style as the other Borderlands. It's going to be another Borderlands. Uh, something codenamed, I think Coda, C O D A, from Firaxis, who made XCOM, which is described as XCOM but with Marvel heroes. Sign okay. me yeah. up, fucking a, especially from Firaxis, from the fucking XCOM people. Hell yes, That'd be cool. That sounds fucking dope. That sounds I don't even like tactics dope. games, and I'll play that. <laughs> uh, and and Schreier says that the leak is real, confirms uh, these things exist, but they might not all be D three. Not sure what we're gonna see next week. I really hope we see that Marvel thing. I want to see some Elden Ring. Like we're yeah, just dying. Yeah, here. we'll, just we'll see. That's not a it's not real. That's it's not, not real. A, it's like this, it's like the now. ending to Game of Thrones. It never exists and never will. It's like Star Citizen. Stop me leaving in these fucking fake <laughs> ephemeral things. 
Uh, uh, let's see here. We'll do this one quickly. Uh, God of War is delayed to 2022. Yeah. Not surprising. No. Uh, and like, even like, I would go so far as to say good. Yeah, totally. They they cite the well-being and health of their team, which good for them. Uh, will ship on PS4, which is surprising to me, anyways. Especially after Jim Ryan got out there and was like, "We love generations. We're not backwards compatibility. Can fuck off. <laughs> Buy the as PS5." Time by, <laughs> as time goes by, that is proven to be more and more bullshit. Yeah, I. Jim also, Ryan he's probably in there being like, we don't have fucking PlayStations for everybody, so we need to get, put this out on something people have. Yeah. And uh, Corey Barlock says, quit being a dick. Apparently, of course, in response to the delays and apparently in response to the news it'll ship on PS4, people are sending death threats and all sorts of fucking garbage. Uh, Corey Barlock on Twitter says, if you want to be mad at someone for anything... God of War related, the delay, the PS4 slash 5 version, trolls, subtitle size, Sigrun, whatever, be angry with me, which is the game developer way of saying fucking fuck off. Shut the fuck up and leave us alone and let us make our game, you trolls. But he can't say that, yeah. so. Yeah. You know, don't be shitty. There's real people behind those games. He should say that. You know? There's yeah, real totally. there's, there's real people behind everything on the internet, it turns out. You stream for long enough and every negative comment affects somebody somewhere down the line. You got to find a way to link someone's Twitter with their PSN account, <laughs> and just if they're a no, shithead on Twitter, no, just fucking they, you can't even buy the game. Oh, Fuck you, man, please, God. Mr. Barlog, please let me buy the game. No game for you. I'll be better on. Tw- I'm sorry, I tried to get the refund for Returnal. <laughs> uh, Counter Strike Global Offensive has apparently stripped out most of their free to play features here. I guess this used to work where... So Global Offensive Once Upon a Time was a like $20 game you had to buy to play. At some point, it split into a, a free-to-play and not free-to-play model. Their premium one was called Prime Status, which gave you Prime-only matchmaking, which sounds like the worst. Why? <laughs> why, why? A feature... That, that's weird. Weird. Well, why would you want to play with the plebs? Why would You're you want to... Play if, you're not smaller... play ga- if you're not gonna pay for the game well, i don't want to play with you <laughs> just seems weird hey we got it's not a bug it's a feature you have less players to match make with the quality of your matches will be objectively worse yeah uh they also got items drops uh, xp bonuses yeah all sorts of gun skins and things in, in counter-strike these days uh free players were able to earn all those things but just at a, a much slower rate and apparently that was ruining the game They cite, uh, I don't know if I have the quote here, Uh, prime-only matchmaking was just chock full of cheaters and smurf accounts and griefers. Uh, The the blog post here says, along with all the gameplay that we made available for free, new players had access to drops, ranks, skill groups, and a free path to prime matchmaking. Unfortunately, over time, those benefits have become an incentive for bad actors to hurt the experience of both new and existing players. So we're revising the offering for new players. Good, I guess. Yes, players are nice. players are loud and shitheads about things, and yeah, ruin it for everybody. It's it's the ending of Mass Effect three all over again. Great work. Well, really, I mean, CS just doesn't compete with Valorant these days. What is that like numbers wise? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think like the majors, the big tournaments and stuff. Like a lot of a lot of CS:GO players are directly switching into Valorant. Yeah, let's see yeah. here. See if we can get like concurrent. Oh, I guess Valorant's not on Steam, so I wouldn't be able to find those numbers. No. Uh, what else do I got for news? Let's see here. Uh, the creator Sonic Yukinaka 
the creator of Ballin Wonderworld. And there's another Ballin game, right? Wonderworld is the second one? <laughs> what even is that? Uh, it's a. It looks like a bad game. Man. It is. You should. You should look at some video no, of Ball and Wonder I World. Shouldn't. It is amazing. It looks like a game that came out in like ninety six, nine okay, earlier maybe ninety four. Right. Uh, yes, quite bad, quite bad. <laughs> Apparently, Square Enix brought Yuki Naka on in twenty eighteen to set up Ball and Studios with the sole purpose of developing Ball and Wonder World. Currently, the Switch version has 36 on Metacritic. This game also looks like Fortnite. <laughs> this game, man, just the... I'm, like, watching a video of it. There's a weird... Like, the planet you're on is round, so they do this weird, like, fisheye lens effect that makes me want to vomit. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's not a flat world? I Fucking realism I think it, I think game. it is, but it's... Ugh, ugh. Uh, nobody knows weird. the world is flat. Yeah, so nobody knows if if this was uh, Yuki Naka's decision to leave Square, or if maybe more likely the poor performance of uh, Ball and Wonderworld kind of got him the boot. It's hard to have a studio called Ball and Studios, and then have Ball and Wonderworld come out and and keep that studio around with that name. Let's make the worst thing that we can and yeah. attach our identity to it. Yeah, and take three years, four years to do it. Three years, Sounds I guess. Sounds like a good plan. Uh, very quick story here. Some some leaked Battlefield Six images kind of confirm that it's going to be uh, near future. See some some vehicles in a warring city, which uh, apparently they were multiplayer images. Looks like Battlefield, but the the time frame is the thing to take away. We're kind of back to uh, like Battlefield Three slash Four time frame. It looks like. All right, so. Fuck whatever Hell on Wheels or Hell on High Heels. Hell, that's right, Hell on High Heels. Yep. Whatever game Devil, you guys that's are the Devil Wars Prada 2, Hell on High Heels. As soon as New Battlefield comes out, we're getting way into Battlefield. Always. Right, guys? I every miss- every new Battlefield is, is prime time to get into Battlefield. I've played, played every new one yeah. since 2. I've played every new Battlefield since 2. I think I, I don't think I played five, but other than that, I think I played everyone since 1943. I tried and did not. We love got five. really into five for like two weeks. It's free. Yeah, it's fine. Five is fine. I would have kept playing it, honestly. I I think Battlefield one is I would rather play Battlefield one than than five. One is fucking dope. Bad company. Yeah, bad company. That's what we need. We need another bad company. Maybe near near future could be bad company. I mean, bad, bad Company 2 is present day, I think, right? I miss I like so, yeah. being hunkered in a house and just having it get yeah. fucking obliterated. Well, that was the like, <laughs> the Bad Company was when they had their new, like, every building is destructible yeah. tech, and they, they really went overboard where literally every <laughs> single thing was, it was like, fucking dope. Yeah, everything felt like it was paper mache because you're like, ah, concrete wall, destructible. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Steel tank side, destructible. It paid off, like, in Battlefield 5, like, when you watch a grenade go off and you see the snow just, like, nicely slide off the fucking building. It looks really, they've done, a, they've come a long ways with that technology. Oh, yeah. When, when, was that three with the Shanghai? high skyscraper that would collapse uh i think that was four yeah four with the levolution yeah. or whatever whenever <laughs> uh whenever that set piece like those those i think that was three hmm. anyways those those levels like the the set pieces were dope they look when that fucking blimp went down like that thing looked rad yeah blimp. They did a good job hang on what game would that have been where there was a blimp that was a battlefield game Maybe. Man, 
<laughs> what is time? What are gains? I'm not crazy, right? There's like a, I, there's like a big blimp goes down. It does. I it crashes on the map and it becomes part of the map. It was a free DLC map. That first DLC map they released had a blimp. But what time frame would it have been that, that it had a Battlefield blimp? One. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. You're right. Yeah. 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 Wow. It all blends together so much. I'm more Zip of a battle in. toads, man. Yeah. Only we're not because we looked at we we looked that barrel right the length of it and, and shied away. <laughs> uh, I'm ashamed to admit how slowly we shied away from it. It's true. Yeah. It lingered there just for two seconds where I was like, "Are we doing it?" <laughs> Matt was Matt put a stop to that because. <laughs> He's a good man. Yeah. We watched the uh, spiral also last night, last night from the book of saw from the book of saw. Yeah. It was, it was, fun. It was okay. It was fine. It was, it was not the worst saw movie. It was. Yeah. I was going to say it is on par with the kind of second <laughs> half of saw movies. I yeah. Think. The, the like B tier saw, not the, not the D tier. There's a whole tier of really, really bad saw. This one's somewhere in the middle. It's, it's mm. fine. Uh, we'll save that start for the very, very end. Gentlemen, what the fuck is up with magic prices? Magic, the gathering, what is what is happening? <laughs> Giant spider, a seventh common, a, a card that I'm not exaggerating. I probably literally had forty to a hundred of. Many of us probably we're, did. We're using these giant spiders for coasters here. It was worth Maybe. worth ten. Uh, cents? You actually you, you use them for uh, marijuana joint filters. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, shit. unless you're one Big of the facts. people who is like, "Well, the ink on the card, you don't want to smoke that." <laughs> don't tell me what I don't want to oh, smoke. Oh, a coward! That's <laughs> what you want to smoke. Hot dark. <laughs> I mean, I could give you the Coles notes on it. Yeah, yeah what's, what's going on? What's going uh, on? I was talking with. Uh, I have a buddy who's actually he invests in magic. It's where he sinks a lot of his money into. And uh, it's strictly an investment thing that's come over from crypto. So uh, once COVID hit, obviously it shut down all the tournaments and stuff for Magic. And you have uh, you have guys that are sitting on decks worth five to ten thousand dollars. And of course, crypto starts picking up, and they're sitting on these decks collecting dust because they can't play them. Of course, they're going to sell them off and start investing in crypto. Um, so the prices for the revised list started to lighten up quite I a might, bit. I'm going to put an asterisk here and, and say invest in uh, what I affectionately <laughs> call the stupid economy, like GameStop stock, AMC stock, magic cards apparently, crypto, like well, any, any of these get rich quick overnight. The good things. news is uh, NFTs are currently NFTs. Because those things that that is officially the dumbest economy in the world. Uh, sure. There's still so, sure. there's a real. I heard a great use case about used games with NFTs. That it's a shame we'll never get to have a real conversation about how that could maybe apply to things because fucking I don't know ninjas selling a picture of him as one or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you have all these uh, guys that were once invested in magic that went over to crypto and saw the crypto market start to crash. So they offloaded all their funds back into magic and now, and now all the magic prices are just going right back through the roof. Yeah. Crypto. I think, I think uh, let's see Bitcoin this time was like, let's see, what was it last year? Uh, I think it was about 10,000, maybe, maybe even lower last year. This time last year was about nine thousand dollars. Yeah, so it it did crash to yeah. uh, 
fucking 40 times its market value since then <laughs> but yeah it's so but that's, it's wild man that's that's a that's the, always the funny thing about the magic market Doge is like there's, there's quite a lot of variables that can change the prices of the cards and so it's always a good like if you're ever getting into magic and you want to invest in magic it's always a good idea to invest in the lands like you want to get the lands because those are cards that everybody's always going to need uh, old edition sets are really collectible too. Like you, you revised edition cards are now even getting up there in price where as just a few years ago, you could buy uh, a Howling Mine for two bucks. And now How much is Howling get, Mine now? I think it's like 17 or 18 Shut bucks from up. the revised That's edition. So oh, revised, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is I remember... 57th uh, Howling Mines if you want. If you want to buy, if you want to buy an unlimited Howling Mine, you're looking at 500 bucks. Back when, uh, back before they did the very first reprint of the fetch lands, the tap pay one life sack and and get a land of whichever color. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, right before, th- there was a lot of speculation that they were going to reprint these lands in the next set, yep. but it hadn't officially been announced yet. Uh, so I went down to the local <laughs> card store. Uh, knowing full well about this speculation and sold a play set of the blue black land for $450. Boom. And like a few days later they announced it and they crashed to like $10 a piece. Look at that. That, that is the playing the economy right there. Yeah. Yeah. There's some definitely insider trading that happens. It's (laughs) magic has been a store of value for a long time now, which is weird to think about like 30 plus years. Crypto's only been around for what ten ish, whatever it has. Like ma- magic is old money. There have been thousand dollar, ten thousand dollar, even more expensive cards for for years since I started right, playing yeah. magic, which is yeah. was disgustingly long ago, twenty <laughs> fucking years ago now. I think it was like seventy seven. It was first made uh, ninety four. Was it? Yes. I have some stock in uh, te- technically ninety three. I believe. Was that okay? Oh, not 97, 93. Yeah, Alpha came out in 93. Okay, 93, yeah. Wild. It's two years young. Fucking cardboard, man. It's amazing how much cardboard can cost. Hell yeah. You know, what is is money but a piece of plastic? Things have value because we agree they have value. Exactly. That's a a prime example of it. But yeah, that's the that's the long and short story, I guess. There is obviously variables that are happening in there, but the crypto market is definitely affecting the the card, just the collectible wild. card market. I'm not even talking Pokemon about Magic cards in general. Like, yeah, Pokemon, Pokemon you riots yeah. for people trying to get Pokemon cards yeah. and like baseball cards, hockey cards, like all these old cards are starting to just increase in value yeah. now because of what's happening. Yeah, there's there's been a, a bunch of times where somebody I know will just text me and be like, hey, didn't you have like this card here? And I'll be like, yeah, I think I do. And they're like, oh, well, it's worth $400 now. You should yeah. probably find that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's wild, especially seeing some of like the old like beta cards and stuff like f- just easily the like giant five, spider is 12 <laughs> giant spider cannot be 12 fucking dollars <laughs> like to put it into context this is a I, I was not exaggerating when i said i probably literally had 30 to 40 of these from seventh alone they reprinted it every fucking set like it is a vanilla it's not good it's not good it's not bad i guess what is it a one four reach for three uh something like that it's, oh, yeah, it's two four <laughs> two four for four that's right yeah it's it's not three terrible 
but like, it's not twelve dollars. It's not ten cents. What's happening? One might argue <laughs> that it is worth less than the cardboard used to make it. Yes. 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 Giant spiders. We fucking. We used to like practice throwing cards into cardboard boxes like they were ninja stars. <laughs> Probably yeah. threw twelve thousand yeah, dollars of giant spiders into cardboard boxes. See, the thing with cards like that, like foil editions, are becoming really. Uh, really sought after for commander decks because mm. commander decks run one-offs of you can only run one of any card in a commander deck and people that want to bling out their commander decks obviously want the foil versions of those yeah and that once once wizard announced commander as an official format foils like exploded in price it was insane like common common foils are going for like 10 12 dollars now as you can see wild man yeah and like good good quality foils are are probably harder to find because they naturally curve the uh that's that's that a moisture old, i think right the cardboard yeah, the cardboard the, on one side curves but the foil doesn't so it makes it's like the a, older older cards and yeah. yeah it has to do with how you store it and and the amount yeah. of moisture there is ways to you can mitigate like, it and but, you can flatten them back out after it just yeah. takes forever yeah that was an old foiling process that wizard had that's caused a lot of that yeah, they don't they don't do that anymore good looking no, foiling no. Not the shit their, their foil they cards now. now are they look really oh, good trash i remember Not trash. They, they changed i remember when we oh. played they changed the art style and i remember thinking the foils looked really really like when they yeah. went to that new art style with like the little kind of like window almost uh, for the eighth eighth art edition. picture and, eighth it, yeah, was and it had the it. it always had like a bunch of like just shit like just like the black cards had just like goo on the card and then the, the foil part would foil the goo and I always thought it looked so stupid. I don't know. Give me the give me, give me my seventh uh, foil thorn elemental. The like the vintage. It was on the computer game. It came with the computer game actually. Yeah. I still have uh, I have one of the dual lands in a seventh edition foil that I should look up is probably worth a ton now. Yeah, absolutely. I, I bet yeah. you have lots of dollars of cards sitting there. You still have all your cards, right? Somewhere. Uh, yeah, no, I know where they are. Yeah, I bet you it's have. Worth it. You should. Like, I have them in my storage room. This is probably this is probably. I don't know. The next pandemic, I guess maybe they'll go up even higher. But when are you going to get a get a better price for giant spiders? That's absolutely. a good question. Time to move them. Something I think we can all agree holds value here, gentlemen. The Among Us chicken nugget that is sold for ten thousand dollars, ten thousand euro. Which uh, is, Sorry, that euro? is that a magic card? Is euro the? <laughs> That's right. The like kind of uh, the story that you have typed up says one hundred thousand. Oh, pardon me, one hundred thousand. Yeah, it's like ninety nine thousand. I don't know if it's euro oh. or pound sterling. I never remember what the symbols mean, but uh, about a hundred thousand dollars. It is a chicken nugget from this this BTS meal, which I guess is like a, a K-pop band. Uh, don't know too much about them. Looks like the it looks a little like the crewmate in Among Us. I don't know. I looked at it and was like, yeah, I guess. Uh, they all kind of look like them. 184 fucking bids on eBay. Everybody's after the Among Us chicken nugget. Oh, that totally looks like one. It doesn't even have all a face. You know what? All Somebody all just off. made that. Somebody made that uh, in allegedly, the allegedly it froze it in the factory <laughs> and it sold for a hundred thousand dollars i mean mis- misprinted chicken nuggets always sell for a lot of money and the fact that this is one that looks true? like a, is a market there's totally a market for misprint chicken Yo, nuggets mis- I, again another great title for a memoir misprinted chicken nuggets is a really good name for something 
<laughs> I can't find I searched misprinted chicken nugget market and I can't find any. I mean, it's probably not technically called misprinted. I think that's the problem here, but there's totally a market. Uh, they all look, all chicken nuggets look like them. Yeah, no, there's no, I, four official shapes of chicken nuggets. What? Sure, this one kind of has. Oh, legs. yeah, you're right. Was that the same when you worked at McDonald's? Were there the four official shapes? They've they've always had the same the same four. Let's see. If there is no shapes. deviations. I'm telling you, what this is, is what, somebody in the factory. It, two of them are one chicken nugget. <laughs> yeah, there is. Wow, Bell. Uh, I got an ad for that one. Bell Bone Ball. And I can't read the last one fast enough before the please subscribe thing pops up. Boot. Among, Bell Bone Among Ball and Boot. That's wild. Oh, yeah. I don't see a lot of balls. I don't see a lot of ball chicken nuggets. Are no, balls just the, the round ones? Round ones. Oh, yeah, yeah, just the round I always one. get lots of boots. Oh, yeah, I got yeah. lots of Bones are kind of cylinder, boots, bells. Yeah. Yeah, boots. Bones are my favorite ones. Boots yeah, you sure. recognize. I, this is <laughs> changing the way I think about all nuggets. Chicken I just would not I watched, a, nuggets, uh, I watched a documentary yes, one time right. on the McDonald's chicken nugget. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's all white meat. I think it was called... <laughs> <laughs> Now yeah, it's what's, all what's white meat. What do you guys like with your nuggets? What's, what's sweet and sour? Barbecue. If anyone's a Szechuan, they're banned. Oh, barbecue. You guys are crazy. It's barbecue fucking for sure. honey mustard. Uh, Kev's the odd man out here. Warren's a uh, honey. honey mustard man as well, oh, I believe. Okay. It's spicy, okay. right? They have like spicy honey mustard? Yeah, it's, it's, a, little, it's yeah. got a little kick to it. Yeah, I like the they honey have like a Close second. They have, they have like a jalapeno thing right now, too. Ooh. I've never. Uh, I've only ever had the 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 big three: the honey mustard, the sweet and sour, and the barbecue. I, I've really progressed over the years. I started <laughs> off as a sweet and sour man, uh, as one usually does. Started as a sour sure. man. Yep. The, the, and, baby, uh, the baby. And yep. then from there, I, I've moved to barbecue. Uh-huh. Uh And then I took a big break from from McDonald's. Uh, and then when I when I when I refound my McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I went with honey mustard. Like, like I, Christ. Yeah, when I rediscovered the love inside myself and went back to McDonald's. <laughs> oh, goodness. $100,000. So, you know, magic That's cards, a, Among Us chicken nuggets, crypto. This goes to show you there's too much bloody money in the wrong hands. Like, you got to get into something here. Eat the rich. If I had, buy magic if, cards. There you go. <laughs> if I had all the money in the world. I would happily buy that chicken nugget and eat it in front of whoever sold it to me. Hell yeah. But think, think about that. The person who sold the chicken nugget is probably just some random person who was probably working part-time weekends at Walmart yeah, or whatever. Good for them. It's true. And absolutely. The golden this, ticket. This yeah. is the, the beauty of <laughs> Run home, Charlie, with their fucking <laughs> nugget clasp in the bag. You Don't let anyone see it. <laughs> like, like, looking at the chicken nugget, obviously at some point, at like step one, deciding I can't, I can't yeah. fucking give this to anyone. I like to think I it was up to the mouth when a... I realized. Like, oh! <laughs> it's this a nugget is sus. This watershed moment. <laughs> and, then, and then like the, 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 the person's looking at it and the camera shows like the, the kind of faded out images of what they're thinking and it's just like fountains of money just mm. pouring into a pool. And Scrooge McDuck <laughs> fucking diving into the coins. Probably One like of the bubbles some... is just a game of Among Us happening but all the characters are nuggets. <laughs> yeah, I totally picture it as like Movie a group deals. of like three six and seven year old kids sitting with their parents and the parent was like about to bite into this nugget and the kids are just losing their mind. <laughs> yeah. God. And that is the news for the week. Week, Fucking week, week. Top tier news. Yeah. Heck of a Fucking week. 
Nuggets. News for the strong. That's right. E3. Uh, news of the strong. I see what you... That's very good. Uh, E3 starting uh, Saturday. It'll be less than a week from today. <laughs> Come and join us. We'll be live streaming, talking over... I say we. I will be live streaming. I'll, I'll try to pull some folks in here and there, depending on, on who wants to and is available. But uh, come and join me for some E3. We didn't get one last year. So, did we get online no. stuff for E3 last year? Not even, like, virtual. No, we got, like, a, 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 like a dump around E3. Yeah, but it was of, officially, like, like cancelled, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so this will be first E3 in, uh, in a long time. Come and join us. It'll be dope. Go check out the Patreon as well. We're watching Mobile Suit Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans, which I've heard described as the Attack on Titan of Gundam. That's a mouthful if you don't watch anime. Uh, yeah, like <laughs> incredible how little of that what? sentence I understand. Yeah, all of that just kind of like blew, blew by me. It's Go like, oh. and uh, it's a very good, very well-regarded, highly-regarded Gundam series, I guess. Uh, go and check that out over at uh, patreon.com slash podcast or weebs.ca. That's all I have to say, other than uh, Gar Vargas Correct, Sweet and Sour Gang Gang! Thank you very much for, uh... What the fucking... I looked over at the... looked over at Kyle. Thank you for joining us, Kyle! Thank you, guys. Always a pleasure. Uh, Kevin, thanks for being here. Thank you. Brandon Lynch, thank you as always. Go, I'm gonna go straddle Garrus for a couple hours. Yes, the corkscrew maneuver. Mash. There's a new, new meaning to sit and spin, I guess. Uh, my, right. I'm Matt Eads, and you at home, thanks very much for listening or watching. Everybody enjoy this. You can find this podcast on uh, wherever. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Uh, also on YouTube in video form. We'll see you here next week. It'll be the next episode of the Talking Reckless Podcast. We'll see you then.